We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Ready? Down! Put, 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 put! This is the Bear Report Podcast. With Zach Pearson, Zach Pearson, and Aaron Lemming, Aaron Lemming, providing extensive coverage of the Chicago Bears. Go Bears! Presented by Blue Wire Pods. And now, here are your hosts, Zach Pearson and Aaron Lemming. And now, joining us here on the Bear Report podcast is Robert Schmitz of Windy City Gridiron. He was down in Mobile covering the Senior Bowl the past week. He does a good stuff over there at Windy City Gridiron, especially with draft stuff. He's here to give us, yes, yeah, see, you see the notebook? He's here to give us um, an, a look at, at what happened in Mobile um, and maybe some players that could fit the Bears mold. Robert, thanks so much, man, for joining me. Man, I'm happy to anytime. I mean, going down to Mobile was so cool. Not only did I get to live the life that you've lived now for a little while <laughs> yeah. of being a credentialed media member, but it also basically forced me to be a draft guy for this term. And it's been a lot more fun than I thought it was. I mean, getting to know a lot of these players, starting to see what it's like to try to put together a team, which ones are valuable to Chicago, which ones are valuable elsewhere. It's been super duper cool. And I feel like Mobile was really eye-opening for a whole bunch of players love to get into them. It is an awesome experience, um, especially, you know, like you mentioned, I, I believe it was your first time credentialed for it. Yes. Mm-hmm. It, th- there is no better event to be credentialed for because there's like no pressure. You don't have to feel like you're asking like a, a dumb question or anything like that. Um, that's always kind of my worry is like, am I going to ask the dumbest question? But like with like <laughs> college athletes and the mo- and the team at the senior bowl, they make you feel so welcome and um, really part of the family. And you know what the saying says, they always say the draft starts down in, in mobile. So mm-hmm. let's talk about it, man. Um, right off the bat, give me, you know, maybe three to four players that may have caught your eye and improved your, their draft stock over the past week, whether it be practices or in the actual game itself. Oh, sure. Christian Watson is in the wrong spot. I mean, right now, most draft simulators, I wouldn't trust them. Look, maybe I'm taking too much from Mobile, but any draft simulator that, like I just had on Windy City Gridiron, that's going to give you Devontae Wyatt in the third round is nuts. I mean, Devontae Wyatt looks phenomenal. Wouldn't surprise me if he's a late first rounder, early second rounder, just because it's hard to find 330-pound guys that move like they're 270 pounds. I mean, he's light on his feet. He's vicious in his pass rush. He played really well. Christian Watson's currently slated. He's 
a wide receiver out of North Dakota State University. Just realized I should probably start naming positions, huh? <laughs> yeah. He's right now projected to go in the fifth round, and it won't shock me if he goes in the late second, maybe even oh, wow. a little bit earlier. Prototypical X receiver, tons of speed, great releases off the line, and was one of the fastest in agility drills which Khalil Shakir could not say the same, though he won a whole bunch of his one-on-ones. I mean, this is an event that's always going to favor the wide receiver because the corners are basically put on super isolation. You've seen it in training camp. I mean, it's yep. it's murder out there, and a quick win on the inside is basically not a win at all in, in terms of these events. But Watson stuck out. I thought Jalen Tolbert looked the part on the national team. That's another wide receiver. I thought JT Woods played really well at safety. I've been looking at a lot of late rounds safeties so the earlier round guys not only do we not really get a bunch of them down at the senior bowl but also i feel like there's value to be found there if the bears know what they're looking for neil farrell played way better at defensive tackle than i think a lot of people expected him to at lsu he's short-armed little under athletic but he is strong in the run game so if he can prove that he can continue to play well against top or top class centers and guards he might be somebody to look at again in those later rounds i mean you pick a position there are guys to talk about trey mcbride at tight end i thought malik willis looked like everything that i had seen on film but apparently other people were waiting around for which is not to toot a horn by any stretch of the imagination i was just surprised at how much kenny pickett love there was going into the weekend given that malik willis looks much more talented in my opinion and all that polish of uh that Pickett showed really started to feel like it wore off in the rain but a lot of different practice experiences there because like i've just hinted at we had one day that was basically a deluge on wednesday we had another day that wasn't wet but it was damp and dreary and cold and so on and so forth so we got to see these players in let's call them playoff elements it made things really interesting you talked about it, it kind of favors the wide receivers out there. And another thing I was noticing during practice reports and stuff from various reporters, it kind of felt like the defensive line really dominated for the most part. And there were some big names out there um, participating outside of, let's say, wide receiver. Um, what position maybe really impressed you and really won those one on one battles, maybe in practices or in the games? Goodness gracious, the defensive line really was going off. I mean, don't get me wrong. Trevor Penning's film looks great. Zion Johnson looks excellent. But these guys did not look near that good during the actual practice reps themselves. I couldn't tell whether it was just the heat of the moment, whether it was the fact that they weren't operating within the context of a game. I mean, for instance, it can be... I mean, I don't know. Honestly, it was just hard to process because number 70, Trevor Penning in particular, was somebody that I know I saw struggling. And then I looked on Twitter and everybody was telling me how great he was playing. Uh, (laughs) Another position that I thought or another player who is interesting. Have you heard the Jalen Petrie story? If I said Jalen Petrie, I have not. (laughs) Yeah, tell it. Okay, so there's this safety out of Baylor, right? And Baylor's my alma mater, so I already knew about him. But there's a safety named Jalen Petrie, who is basically positionless and he's a very good football player, but nobody would know where to put him if they wanted to, because he plays what's called the star defender position inside of most Nick Saban defenses, which is basically a blend Zach of if you 
took a nickel corner and you also made him an inside linebacker. So how does he play out of a back pedal? Not very well. How does he play up on the line of scrimmage? Not like a defensive back. That's for yeah. sure. So he's one of those guys that most people have pegged in a third round because his tape pops too hard. He makes like four to six plays per game for this Baylor defense, both in coverage and in a run stuff for crying out loud. But if a defensive coordinator tries to use them as a traditional safety, they're going to get cooked. And we saw that, unfortunately, in the senior bowl on his part where he could have potentially rocketed to the second round. Yeah. And he showed better coverage skills. But I think a lot of the people saying that they saw Petrie pop. I mean, the senior bowl is an entire weekend of confirming your priors. If you already liked a kid, you're going to cite that one rep that he won and say, I love this kid because yeah. it's the first time when you're let's call it legally allowed to start talking about draft guys. Right. Yeah. Yeah. But it made for a really interesting weekend overall, just watching these people, because there were some guys that were big names that I didn't think performed. Penning really stuck out to me. Maybe he played uh, better in the behind closed door practice. I haven't gone back and looked at that film yet, but I don't know. Weird one. <laughs> it, you know, you bring up a good point because you said if you think a guy's struggling, you look on Twitter or, or talk to someone else like, well, no, he's not struggling. I thought he did well. And kind of the opposite. It is kind of like that down there and in the draft evaluation process, because, you know, a guy could have one or two really damn good reps at whatever position he's in. And those stick out because no one's posting the mediocre reps or the reps where he was just okay. It was just kind of the, the um, you know, the extraordinary reps that he had. Was there anyone maybe like that that you saw that, you know, he had just a couple really damn good reps and maybe other people are like, oh, he's, you know, he, he helped the stock. But I guess in your opinion, maybe wasn't that, that good. Petrie to me remained positionless. I wanted him to cement a position because I and I mean this with all the love in my heart for people that have these jobs. Don't trust NFL defensive coordinators enough to have yeah. the connection with their front office to where when somebody hands them Jalen Petrie, they will use him as he needs to be. I mean, we're talking about a 5'10", 200-pound defensive back, so it's not like he's such a super athlete that he demands to be on the field. And I want to see him on the field because he's yep. got a ton of talent. You got to use him well. I thought uh, Romeo Dobbs looked good, but then I found out that he is projected to be in the second round. And so I thought he got outplayed by both Jalen Tolbert, Christian Watson. Calvin Austin III is a slot receiver that is just electric. He's your prototypical Zach, 5'7 guy in terms of his listing, small receiver, but he runs routes like crazy. Another guy that will not fit in the Bears draft plan, but I have to talk about. Have you heard the name tight end Trey McBride? Yes, yes, I He's have. Awesome. I mean, I know you're asking me to talk about disappointments. We talked about a few of those. Yeah. Trey McBride, whenever they lined up the tight ends, the wide receivers, and they would basically have one quarterback throwing to somebody on the right side and one quarterback throwing to the guy on the left, yeah. Trey McBride was fastest in and out of his break as a tight end. He's a little smaller. I think he's listed at 6'3", with fairly short arms, especially compared to some of the monsters that you get at the tight end position. Yeah. But he's such a good receiver. I mean, he's so physical at the catch point, at the top of his routes and quick in and out of his breaks that we're not talking about Trey Burton. We're really talking about almost like if you took a Mark Andrews kind of player and then you scaled him down a little bit. 
which okay. I don't know what that's going to look like in the NFL. And with the Bears probably looking to run a bunch of 11 personnel, and God knows they've got enough holes to fill, I doubt they're going to be drafting a tight end, but somebody's going to get a winner in McBride if he can stay healthy. Yeah, and to me, I, I think it's it's more of a um, disappointing tight end class, not really that strong this year. It kind of reminds me of the Cole Komet class where it really wasn't that good. And I believe, what, only two tight ends went on day two or two or three of them. So we'll have to keep an eye on that position. Let's kind of talk about a position that the Bears, you know, have a major need at. And you talked a little bit about it, wide receiver. I know the two guys that are being connected the most were not there, George Pickens and David Bell. Who else, though, you know, in the Senior Bowl, maybe let's say later on in the draft, maybe let's say day three would be a valuable option for the Bears if they want to fill that uh, need. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. So Tennessee kid, Valus Jones Jr. popped quite a bit especially given that he came into the weekend. I, I was trying to tie myself to consensus draft boards just so I knew who I was watching because when yep. you've got no idea, you truly have no idea. Yep. He's ranked 378th overall. So okay. he he performed way better than I would have anticipated. Calvin Austin should be there in the fourth round. I thought uh, Khalil Shakir, he, he was just a gamer, honestly. Like he won all of his one-on-ones and separated well in team activities, but in agility drills, I mean, he was consistently the worst. Uh, so that's an interesting one to watch, but Hey, you'll take a gamer when you can find him. Yeah. There were quite a few receivers. I mean, like I was super excited to watch Jahan Dotson who did not come down to mobile. He yeah. ended up opting out, but a lot of receivers, um, what is it? 18 Melton, I think was his name. Uh, Bo Melton from Rutgers was quick, not my favorite of the group, but if we're really starting to eat into the roster, he's somebody that at least I noticed out there from time to time, but Velas Jones, Jr. Jalen Tolbert and Christian Watson should absolutely be there in the second or third round. Both of them stick out to me because from what I see, Zach, what the bears are lacking is that old school X receiver, right? You've got Darnell Mooney. Who's going to be your classic Z. And if they can keep him out of playing X, they're going to get way more value out of him so that he can be their motion man and their guy off the line of scrimmage. So I found myself drawn to guys like Tolbert, like Watson, that I felt like could handle that X role and produce within it, especially since that's a hard position to fill in free agency. Everybody wants an X receiver. So, I'm curious to see what the Bears do. I mean, I don't know about you, Zach, but I feel like there are some times 
where you're super excited for agencies before the draft. I feel like if the bears could have it their way, they'd flip it so that yeah. they knew what to backfill and what they, and what they could get in the draft. I don't know how they're going to place their bets. I mean, for instance, to give you an example, I don't think that it's just a gut a feeling of mine, but I don't think Matt Eberflus is demanding that they invest super heavily on defense. I think he wants to take the clay that he has and mold it into a better defense than maybe Sean Desai was able to. But if Devontae Wyatt is there at pick 39, God forbid they trade down and he's there around pick 55. I don't know how Eberflus and the rest of that roster pa- or like the, that staff passes on the three tech that could just shine within this Bears defense. Yeah. So super curious to see what they do because a lot of the wide receivers were really good. But you mentioned a bunch of names, David Bell, George Pickens, the five to six receivers like Chris Olave and uh, oh my gosh, what is it? Jameson Williams and a bunch of others that are all going to go in the first round. I think that it's going to be interesting because Zach, on one hand, you could say, well, that's too many receivers. These, a lot of these names are going to get pushed down the board. And on the other hand, there could be a lot of teams that react to the Bengals taking Jamar Chase and despite nine sacks, finding their way to, or in one game, finding their way to the Super Bowl. And if they do, I mean, good for them. Everybody could use wide receiver talent. The Bears sure could too, but I, I really a lot don't of know. I Bears really use a lot don't know. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know, that is one of the positions on offense. I'm going to keep an eye on this offseason and switch it over to defense. You talked about it a little bit. You know, they have a need in my eyes, a defensive back, maybe two spots there in the slot and on the outside, definitely on the boundary opposite Jalen Johnson. I think strong safety is another position too, that they need to take a look at eventually. And Mm -hmm. were were there any guys that caught your eye down there, either of those positions, or I'll even expand it a little more in your draft research. Are there any other guys maybe weren't at the senior bowl that you would want to keep an eye on, you know, come a month from now in Indy. Sure. So I definitely started with the senior bowl because getting a rough profile on a hundred players in two weeks was really hard. But, (laughs) but with that said, Oh my gosh, Zach, I have already set myself up to be completely heartbroken because Baylor has a different safety by the name of JT Woods, former track athlete, roughly six one that I think should be there in the fifth or sixth round. And he would be such a good fit as a cover two value safety. It's not that I'm trying to tell you that he's a first round talent. I mean, to use the words of a friend of mine, Brandon Robinson, the guy can kind of play soft as cotton sometimes, but he's a very rangy receiver. He comes down to hit fairly well, better than you would think, takes smart angles. And given the Bears, like you're saying, need at safety and the fact that I'm sure you've seen it, Zach, safety is a position that gets really badly scouted. I mean, yes. it sucks to say it because it's kind of like tight end, right? But you don't need to draft Kyle Hamilton because if you know what you're looking for in a safety, there's an Adrian Amos out there almost every single year just because nobody knows seemingly how to fit a safety to their defense. The safety play that I have seen, Woods would be a perfect fit. I thought Joseph Kirby, the other safety that was there from Illinois, was fine. I mean, Woods stood out to me as somebody that you could project to get even better instead of just taking a smaller guy that you hope plays fairly well. Woods is long. Woods is fast. Woods reacts well. He's what I would want in a safety, and his red flags should push him far enough down the board that he's reachable, but... There's a one in 32 chance he'll get taken by the Bears. So I have to yeah. just prepare myself <laughs> for that. Uh, if the Bears do go corner in the second round, Darion Kendrick is the name that I've got my eye on. He okay. played badly 
in the senior bowl. And okay. why did he play badly? Cause he is such a zone corner that when he kept getting set up in man situations, he would play it with the confidence and swagger of a five-star recruit that just won a national championship and get toasted because yeah. surprise when they're running a fade route, you can't let them get the first three steps. That's the stuff that works in a real game. Honestly, it does when you've got safety help, not in one-on-ones, yes. but Kendrick with that in mind, I don't think he, underperformed but he did not shine like roger mccreary who is another name i would watch at corner he's more of an off man guy that somebody you could probably trust in islands he was playing nickel for most of the weekend so i think he was trying to show versatility but always hard to tell with what's going through some of these guys minds when they come to the senior bowl and they're already slated to be a first rounder like what are they looking to do right yeah but It'll be really interesting. I can't tell Zach what the plan would be at corner. I don't know about you. I feel like the Bears have a choice to make that they either are going to take a corner in that for or in that second round, or they're going to take a wide receiver. And my heart is with the wide receiver that you could probably go fund yourself a, a cornerback too that you could work with in free agency. But hey, draft card's not in my hands. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's interesting too. And I got two more questions before I let you go. One of them kind of focusing on a position the Bears don't have a need at, and that is quarterback. And I thought going into this senior bowl, this this class, there's no, you know, Trevor Lawrence, there's no Joe Burrow or, or Justin Herbert, guys that I thought were sure things going into their draft classes. This this quarterback class has a lot of question marks on it. Who stood out the most and who maybe had a bad performance? Because here's what I'll tell you: following this and following everyone. It feels like the consensus was Malik Willis did a, a really good job and he maybe improved his stock more than anyone. Then I look at Kenny Pickett and there was a lot of good and then other, a lot of bad. And he was, you know, kind of just mediocre. And then I look at, you know, someone like Sam Howell or, um, you know, yeah, let's go Sam Howell. He was really good at practice, but then in the game didn't really perform that well. And let's include this. I correct me if I'm wrong here. I thought the offensive line play in the game was God awful for both sides. Yes. I don't think it helped out <laughs> the quarterbacks. So when I look on Twitter and I see, okay, you know, Sam Howell's not doing well, but then you look at his offensive line, it's bad. And Kenny Pickett's not doing well. In his off- Is that true? Um, am I wrong in saying that? And then I guess, yeah, the question is who stood out to you the most, who was, and who actually had a really bad uh, week. Watching the senior bowl is a nice reminder to your point, Zach, that offensive line cohesion is a real thing. I mean, these guys were trying to play what is like, basically the ultimate team piece in a team sport that, and the whole defensive back unit, uh, without any communication at all. I mean, they didn't know each other, right? It's an all-star game. And like you're saying, the defensive lines were dominating me personally. The hardest part about quarterback evaluations right now, right? Like 10 years ago, you used to take a guy like David Fales, you used to shrug your shoulders and say, hey, maybe he's Brady. You never know. And worst case scenario, he's a decent backup. And recently we hit this point where unless you're Jimmy Garoppolo and truly only Jimmy Garoppolo, you pretty much need to be a superhero to get to the top eight in the playoffs. And then you need to out superhero the other guy to win. Patrick Mahomes to get 
to the conference championship had to had to put a field goal on the board with 13 seconds on the clock. I mean, these just ridiculous, insane feats. I mean, Joe Burrow had to go sackless against a Chiefs team that hit him straight up at least four times, yeah. and he just found a way to shrug it off. I mean, the guys that are playing at this point in the season have just gotten so amazing that it's so hard to look a Kenny Pickett type player in the eyes and believe in him. I mean, yeah. now granted, maybe I'm being too tracy here, but I would tell you with a straight face, I see more upside in a guy like Sam Howell who can deliver the ball at all levels of the field. And sure, he's got his struggles. I mean, I don't know the player backwards and forwards. You know better than I do as a yes. North Carolina fan, yes. but I'm glad you said his name. <laughs> yeah. I mean, Kenny Pickett took so many sacks in the 11 on 11 period, like of practices. It's not the game in this case that I'm quite as focused on as yeah. Kenny Pickett coming out of Pittsburgh is so comfortable sitting in very long developing pockets that in the NFL, if we saw anything with Justin Fields, Zach, it's that that is no guarantee. Yeah. And frankly, looking at the playoffs, we're seeing that the best quarterbacks can make plays even when that's not there for them. So Malik was always the standout to me. I mean, okay. you know, that's where I'm working yep. towards, right? He, he played at Liberty. So, you know, for a fact, he's accustomed to playing on a team that's worse than the team across from him, which is something that I would tell you with a straight face, Zach, I think Justin Fields had to learn the hard way that that's not always easy for everybody. I mean, Fields basically had to take a whole year to unlearn that, no, your wide receiver is not always going to be open and that open window is tighter than you think it is and your internal clock needs to be faster than you used to. Like all the habits that he learned at Georgia and at Ohio State, especially at Ohio State. Like you're not playing Rutgers. No, nope. You're playing, to use an Urban Meyerism, Alabama every single weekend. It's the complete opposite of, of Willis, mm -hmm. essentially. It it that doesn't bother Willis. I mean, you saw him evading free rushers in practice. You saw him stepping around guys in the game. I mean, granted, we are we are absolutely talking about a player that is no sure thing, right? Yeah. He's got a rocket of an arm, but he will just miss the broadside of a barn on about 30% of his throws. And I think it's a mechanical issue because he tends to miss them high and away, like the same place, right? It's the yeah. same eight foot miss. As weird as that sounds to say, but man, he's putting so much heat on the ball. He was the only quarterback that truly didn't struggle in the elements. I mean, I can't imagine Kenny Pickett playing in a Pittsburgh or playing in a Seattle after a weekend like this. And frankly, especially Zach, now that we've seen what it looks like when a quarterback comes out, in this case, I'm talking about Mac Jones and yeah. it hits every ceiling of their projection and still gets annihilated by the bills defense in the playoffs. Part of me just wonders, okay, so Kenny Pickett's got extremely small hands. I don't know if you heard this. He dropped three snaps in the first two I days of practice. I did not hear so that big Grossman, big Grossman vibes. Like, okay. I mean, it's the kind of thing that it's a problem or it's not a problem until it is. And when it is, there's nothing you can do about it. I mean, NFL offenses are not all shotgun. And so if I, I would worry about a big Kenny Pickett, if it was me, I wouldn't trust him to lead my franchise. Uh, I would rather pick a placeholder like, yes, I'm going to say his name, Mitch Trubisky, because if you find something great, but if you don't, it's not his first time to be uh, basically sent off but with somebody like Pickett, you're making a three-year commitment. And I, if I would probably rank them, if it was me like Willis, and if you're really dying out there, Howell, and yeah. Ooh, Ooh, if you're really willing to ride it strong, but yeah. Pickett would really 
really worry me because maybe he'll win you nine to 10 games in the regular season. I'm by no means saying the kid sucks, right? It's more to say when it comes playoff time and it's third and 12, right? I would almost rather see Nick Foles in the game than somebody like Pickett who I just, what happens when the play doesn't work? What are they going to do? Can he find that magic? Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. I'm with you on that. I think a lot of people, it's not the same situation. I think a lot of people look at Joe Burrow a couple of years ago and say, man, this kid went from fifth round in August to superstar guaranteed number one overall pick. Why can't, can he pick it, have a similar path, not number one, um, maybe go in the top 10. I didn't watch a lot of him. I did watch a couple of games. One of those games was against North Carolina. First half lit it up. Second half, they should have lost that game. They really, North Carolina pretty much lost that game for them. He right. was not good in that second half. When, when North Carolina made their adjustments, he was not very good. And then the rain fell, you know, when, when North Carolina got the ball in the second half, it was, or in the overtime in their part, it was just a downpour compared to no rain for Pittsburgh. That, that obviously makes a difference, but yeah, he's struggling. And I, and I don't see it in not no bias. I do think Sam Howell is number two, number three in that kind of area. And I think that's where they're going to go. I think it's going to go uh, Willis. And I think someone will take a chance on how either early twenties, you know, 15, maybe 23 range. Uh, maybe a little, you know, 25, whatever. Right. I don't know how many quarterbacks in the first round are going to go. I think this is fascinating because I always say a team's going to take a chance on a quarterback, no matter what. So I guess one of my final right. questions is here, how many quarterbacks for you go in the first round? And then who do the bears pick with their first pick there in the, in, in the draft, which is the second round. So g- give me a prediction. On so that. if I had to guess, if I had to guess, I'd say three quarterbacks in the first round. I think okay. Malik Willis is going to go really high. Yeah. I hope Detroit passes on him. They've done it before. Uh, they passed yeah. on Justin Fields last year. Yep. They passed on a quarterback when they drafted Jeff Okuda instead of potentially holding Herbert or Tua for ransom. I mean, yep. or just resetting their franchise. You mentioned one thing I have to circle back to. There is always room for evals to go haywire you saying herbert was a sure thing that is not how a lot of people felt oh yeah at no. the time i like there herbert were a lot of people out. yeah I, I did too yeah. but i was really quiet about it and in fact on the internet probably expressed some doubt because i was totally slave to groupthink in my early career i'll be the first to admit it because there were enough smart people saying that you were basically choosing to draft a bust by taking justin or er- herbert that i i figured i must just not be seeing something right mm-hmm. 
my guess is three quarterbacks. Malik really high. I think Howell goes in the middle, probably higher than you think, though, like 11th, 12th, maybe as high as 10th, because these are quarterback needy teams and they're going to want to go get their guy. And I bet you Pickett still goes in the first round. Yeah. Somebody wants that high floor, right? Somebody's out there saying, oh, but he's so accurate when he's undisturbed in the pocket. Like we can work with that. And there's somebody that'll be out there ready to take a chance. Maybe Carson Strong goes in the high second. I doubt he squeezes into the or into the first round. But then again, when you're not a uh, team that needs a quarterback, you just think differently, right? And so yes. who knows? <laughs> I think free agency will help us tell a lot of things. For instance, does Minnesota trade Kirk Cousins? Yep. Does Green Bay trade Aaron Rodgers? Is Derek Carr on the move? All the usual suspects. Baker Mayfield. Maker Mayfield, Mitch Trubisky. There are a lot of quarterbacks out there that could find new homes. Marcus Mariota being one of them that at the very least will sell them to their franchise as this is our guy. But I mean, you know, barring any, barring nothing else moving, Pittsburgh is starved for a quarterback, right? Yeah. Barring nothing else moving Carolina. Are they going to really trot out Sam Darnold after very clearly and obviously benching them? What I keep looking at just for one more moment is Malik Willis in the New York giants to me, Brian Dable, who just basically like found a way to channel Josh Allen's utter chaos into a, into a productive football player. Malik Willis is equally chaotic. I mean, the guy is, he can do anything and he might blow everything at any given down. And if that doesn't sound like Josh Allen, you need to go watch what he looked like in Wisconsin, where again, another player that everybody, when the Buffalo bills drafted him at eight, just dunked on the pick as a waste of a quarterback pick with Josh Rosen still on the board. We know how that turned out. So (laughs) always funny looking back at these, right? Willis is somebody that I think you're drafting on talent. I don't know if Carolina is going to have any idea what to do with him, but the or but the bills this will be basically round two of trying to develop josh allen sam howell what impresses me more about him just so that i can speak your language right is more what he can do than what he does he needs a quarterbacks coach it'd be kind of like drafting carson wentz to a degree right you're you're taking him based on what do we see him growing into more so than what are we getting out of north carolina you're saying my staff is better than their staff which is not a discredit to the tar heels you're just going to try to take him and make him unlearn some stuff to be fair work yeah they they didn't they didn't put him in a good position this year (laughs) to be fair yeah so that that point does remain exactly Mm -hmm. you you are exactly you're gonna try to it's the it's the barkley thing Right. Where, I mean, Bears fans talked themselves into Matt Barkley after he fell out on a couple different teams because that talent was still there. You see the talent with how it could be, but it's probably a bigger dice roll than I think those people want to admit. You talked about the Bears. I personally don't want to sound like a huge nerd. I think the obvious answer is to trade down about 10, 15 slots. If you do. You could pick up an extra third round, multiple fourth rounders. Like there's a lot of talent between pick 40 and pick 130. And that's right about where it stops. I mean, whether it's a defensive tackle from Arkansas named John Ridgeway, big six, six guy who quite literally, if you go look at scouting reports that you will see them ask the question, is he too long? And and I laugh whenever I see that, because it's like, hey, you only get first contact and power out of a guy like that so often. And just because he can't rush the passer 
he's going to fall into the fourth round. Calvin Austin is too small to be taken any higher. Jalen Tolbert will be there. Christian Watson might be there. And if not, you get a George Pickens, you get a David Bell, you get a Drake London, you get a whole bunch of these guys that are so talented. I'd love I'd Drake like, London. Sorry. Oh, I, I, yeah. I would love Drake London if he fell. Absolutely. Oh, my God. I mean, what I can't help but sit here and think, Zach, is I think it would be foolish for the Bears to say, one pick at 39 and one pick at 71 will fix the Bears. Maybe oh. it's because we just haven't seen the free agency plan yet, but I can't help but think that if you go from a B-plus prospect to a B-prospect so that you can get another B-minus prospect, you're coming out on top in this draft. Yep. Then, obviously, you got to make some solid late-round picks. Lord knows the Bears are probably going to draft a linebacker and just not touch safety, so I'll just have to live with that. But there are a lot of ways that they could fix this team in a hurry. I think that a trade down would be really ideal, but that's obviously going to rely on a player worth trading up for falling to them and Bears fans not freaking out if that's Zion Johnson, who's a guard and everybody keeps trying to say he's a center. He played center. He didn't look good at center. Just you heard that from the guy who went to Mobile, right? Uh, And so as exceptional as a player like that would be the arguments that I'm seeing on Twitter about, well, would you take an all pro or three busts? It's like, okay, well, when you put it that way, obviously the, all, yeah, yeah. But (laughs) I mean, there's too many guys, you and I know this Zach, there's too many Darnell Mooney's out there, guys who get drafted after say pick 45 that end up super good football players to not, see this as an opportunity to build up talent around Justin Fields, Darnell Mooney, Tevin Jenkins, and a host of solid defensive players where right now the Bears are studs and duds. And if they raise that floor, I think they'll be a much better team in 2022. I'm, I'm with you. I think, you know, uh, acquiring more draft picks is probably the smartest move for them to, to do it. And, you know, listening to Ryan Poles, I think that's going to be his plan or at least an option for him. And hey, Last year, they traded up. Tevin Jenkins was a player that they valued, and they made the trade. I, f- I forgot off the top of my head who they traded with. They made a trade to up, go up and get him. If there's a player that falls and a team wants him, you have to listen to the offers for it. But, Robert, I uh, thank you so much uh, for joining me, man. This was awesome stuff. I think our listeners and our viewers are going to learn a lot, especially from someone who was down there, you know, in Mobile and saw it all. So I I really appreciate it, man. Um, You can plug yourself here. Where can everyone follow you on Twitter? And and what do you do? What do you do for when you sit at Gridiron and all that? (laughs) Tell them, tell them. I basically just do film review of every kind I can think of, whether it's we're going to be covering Matt Eberflus's defense. We're going to be covering draft prospects. We're going to be covering just about anything that I can create the time to put out over on Windy City Gridiron and my YouTube channel, Run Pass Opinion. Uh, we'll be trying to keep things as analytical as possible, be it mock drafts, scheme analysis, all that to do, because I know I trust my guys over at Windy City Gridiron to cover the rest of the breaking news so that I can focus on this little bit of niche, yeah. you know? <laughs> Thank God awesome. for him. Yeah. Thanks, man. Thank you for that. Um, we'll have to do it again sometime Anytime. soon. Appreciate it. Please. Would love- Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. 
From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.